Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Benjamin Becker. Benjamin is the owner and chief visionary of BLB Design Build. They are a design build firm located just north of Boston. Benjamin grew up working with his father in his father's construction business until he decided to go out on his own. And today, Benjamin and his team work on exclusively design build projects and pushing their business forward to the next level. Now for my conversation with Benjamin Becker. Hey, Benjamin, welcome to the show. Spencer, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to get us going here. Maybe just give us the the lay of the land. Who are you? What's the company and where are you guys located? So the company is BLB Design Build. We're out of Amesbury, Massachusetts. I started in 2011 and basically I worked for my dad, who's a contractor, been a contractor for 40 years. So I grew up in the business, in, in the trades, went to college, said I'd never be a contractor. And then when I got out, you know, I just fell into it. And I'm, I'm glad I did because I, I really love my job. So fast forward, you know, it was me in a, a van that I'd commandeered for my dad. I started my own business at a, a client who gave me a, a, a MacBook Pro and a small loan. And he gave me six months worth of work. And then I was off to the races. So I started with, you know, me and a helper under the table. And then now we have 12 full-time staff. So right on. It's That's been a, cool. a journey. Yeah. So you said your your dad was a contractor and you were so you kind of grew up working with him or alongside him, or how did that go? Yeah, well, he was more of the, the businessman type. I mean, he he knows how to how to swing a hammer, he does you know finished carpentry and stuff. But yeah, after I graduated college, I went to work for, with him full time for like five years. And then, you know, we just kind of had a difference of opinion on how things should be run. And I had more of a a growth mindset. And so we just kind of parted ways, not so amicably at first, but but now we, you know, we share breakfast together and we get to talk about the issues between clients and and staff and everything else. So no, it's been, yeah, I I grew up around it and and now I just wanted to start my own thing and, and, you know, be my own own person. So I guess I'm curious, like, it sounds like you had a, a different vision for where the company could go. Like at that time, do you remember what you wanted to do that was different about what what you guys were currently doing? That was like that pulled you so strongly away. Where you're like, I gotta, I gotta start my own thing. Yeah, it was basically like chasing our our tail most of the time and just very unorganized and and just no processes in place. Right? No, there was definitely no marketing, and so the jobs were, you know, the there were highs and lows, right? With the economy, we, we were, it was all word of mouth. There was no, you know, there, there was no marketing to, to be seen. So we weren't really getting the quality leads. We were just taking whatever came to us. The job site being so unorganized was just really stressful for everyone involved. 
So I was like, there has to be a better way. And there was, it's just, it took me a while to find it, but yeah, that, that was really it. I tried to get him to change, but I could tell that he was, you know, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. So, so I really had to just take my own, own path. But like I said, an entrepreneur, my first customer, he was an entrepreneur. He started and sold three businesses and he was just like a huge help in empowering me and telling me, you know, you can do this and, and getting me, you know, started. So. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah. Well, so what was that first year look like i guess you had the six months worth worth of work from this guy that kind of encouraged you but yeah what were like an early mistake and an early win from the first year or two definitely a lot of mistakes more than wins but you know when you're first starting out you don't you'll take whatever comes to you right you'll take all the scraps and you don't really know how to run a business you're like so i was putting 10 percent markup on you know i was doing cost plus or time materials and I was, I walked away with nothing. I barely paid my bills. And I was like, this doesn't, for the amount of risk that I'm taking, it doesn't make sense. Right. So from that point, I was like, I was interviewing, starting to grow, still had no one on the books, but I was hiring people, you know, under the table. And I interviewed this guy and he's like, oh, there's this coach that you should really reach out to. And his name is Mark Pascal. He was my, my business coach. I, and he taught me the design build process. This is probably seven, six, seven years ago. We met at my kitchen counter when I had my first child. So it was like chaotic. And he <laughs> helped me. He, you know, I, I paid him for like six sessions to teach me design build. Sold my first bathroom for $800 for just the design. And I was like, this is amazing. I can get paid before I actually like, you know, give them an estimate. I mean, I gave them a budget range, but so that was a huge turning point. I was like, this is, this is the way. So I can get paid for my estimates and stop chasing my tail and make money being a consultant, right? Trusted advisors, as, as some would say. So yeah, yeah, that's that, cool. That was yeah, a Mark, point. Mark's awesome. I haven't haven't spoken to him in a couple of years, but yeah, he knows his stuff. So he does. yeah. So it sounds like you were pretty much from a pretty early starting point, you went down that like design build model. Was that like a just a year or two in was when you kind of started charging for design and going down that path? I was probably like three years in at that point. And we had some big jobs under our belt. Like we built a new ICF, which is the insulated concrete forms. We, we had just built 5,000 square foot house, a huge project for us. And I was doing it all just, you know, fly by the seat of my pants. No, no office manager. No, it was just me. So, and then same thing, 10%. So anyway, that one, you know, it was a good, good job. Walked away. The clients were happy, but I didn't make any money. So, so yeah, that was kind of the, the point when I was like, I need to hire someone that knows, <laughs> you know, can teach me the, the way this is before I even knew about remodelers advantage or anything like that. So it was just a, a referral from a, a person I was interviewing and he's like, yeah, call, call Mark. He'll teach you how to, to, to make money. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and thinking yeah. about just the the journey in general, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, business ownership, what do you think's been the toughest part overall of starting and growing a business? I'd say hiring or finding and hiring the right people, right? I mean, obviously everyone knows there's a labor shortage, but once I found like my my office manager, I have, she's been with me for almost like, 6 years. So she was with me when I hired Mark or Mark helped me find her and, and get, get the courage up to actually hire an office manager because that was foreign to me. But I'd say the biggest part was finding the right people because I've made a lot of bad hires. I'm very trusting of people. So my my ability is to be like, oh, you, you say you can do this? Okay, let's, you're, you're hired as opposed to really digging in. And so that's been a huge you know shift is just 
if it doesn't work out, they're on a probation period for a couple of weeks. And if it doesn't work out, then we move on. And, you know, what I find is there's just no less hard feelings, right? You're not, you know, they're not with you for six months and you're finding out they're the wrong person. You just, it's, it's a couple of weeks. My guys can tell right away if they're going to be a good fit. And then if not, then they, they move on to greener pastures. So, yeah. Yeah, that is a, the people part is really challenging. And yeah, that's, I love using that probationary period because you can just, you know, you go through the interview process and you feel like, okay, I feel really good about this, but you don't like actually know until they just like get in there and you start working with them side by side. So yeah, that's a good, good pro tip there. One more thing that we just recently implemented, which I'm really like all in on is the EOS. So we got like a workforce training grant and we've been, we started that about a year ago. So we have just four of us on the leadership team. And that has been just great to providing like structure to the business and like giving us these, these meetings that actually are like producing results and they're consistent. And yeah, it's, it's, that's been a huge game changer in the past year to, to taking us to that, that next level. Yeah, that's great. So people part is maybe the toughest part. What do you think surprised you the most about starting your own business? How much I didn't know, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it, I just I just kept reading reading books, right? That's it's all just about managing people and managing, you know, learning the financials. But I would say what I didn't know is how important knowing your financials are is mm. and like tracking that and in remodeling, you know, that you can have really good months, you can have really bad months. Cash flow is up and down, so it can be somewhat of a roller coaster. So knowing those numbers is is critical, I think, to to you know keeping things balanced and. And you know, making sure you have enough money to pay, pay everyone. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's a real learning curve. I mean, that's something they just never teach in school or anything like that. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Based on where you guys are at today, like what gets you fired up about going into the office every day and kind of where you guys are going? So, well, I love my office because it's an old mill building and, and my mom that my mom and I purchased. So just like the, the space itself is, is beautiful. It was built in like the 1800s. It's, it's gorgeous. But besides the actual environment, I guess what gets me fired up is just making new connections and talking to new clients and seeing if we can solve their problems. That's like, that's like, I just went on a lead this morning. Like, you know, kitchen, bathroom renovation, like their house is beautiful already, but they're 
the way that it functions for them is not ideal. So, so that, that gets me fired up and just seeing my team be all on the same page is really, you know, motivational. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. There's nothing like being able to transform somebody's life, you know, and they have to go through a period of time where it gets a little messy, but they come out the other side and that's a game changer. So that's cool. And then we also just, we develop relationships with these clients. So a lot of them will, they'll obviously refer us, but then you know, we stay in touch. So a few of my clients I've, I have coffee with, breakfast with, we'll, we'll go out and, and stay in touch. So it's it's great. Just building those rela- relationships is very important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I'm sure like you probably built tons of those great relationships, but there's usually like a wacky client story or a wild project or something that you, you bumped into. Anything coming to mind that you can share, leaving out personal details and that sort of thing? Wacky client stories. Hmm. Or super unique project or just something that was something you don't see every day. You know what? Let me, let's come back to that one. <laughs> All right. We'll circle back around, see if something uh, yeah. clicks in. So I guess thinking back to the beginning of your journey, you know, it was kind of like figuring out the business and then you you bumped into Mark, you started doing design build. What do you think is the next evolution of of where you're going? Do you see like making a change over the next several years, or is it more just a continuation of where you're at now? No, I mean, we're continuing to grow. Like right now I'm training someone to help me with sales. So I hired Mark to teach him the design build process, and hopefully he can take over some of the the you know, sales duties. So no, I just, I basically like what I want to do is to build a big enough team where I can somewhat remove myself from the day-to-day operations and focus on the higher level stuff, right? And it's it's not always that case. I mean, it's it's more so now than it was a few years ago. But it's still I'm still involved with my with my team and the the actual lead carpenters and and really all my staff. So so I guess like taking a step back would probably be something that we're like that's the goal. I, I think that's a lot of builders' goals. You know, when they maybe not so when they start, but when they come to realize that they can't work, you know, 60, 70 hour weeks, that quickly becomes something that takes priority. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it sounds like you're yeah on your way there. So if you get somebody into sales and then pull yourself out of that role, are you still pretty heavily involved in operations? Would that be the next move there is to get somebody that runs that? Or do you already have somebody in place there? No, I, I would probably still run the operations. I mean, I'm, I'm still not looking to, to check out by any means. I just want to, you know, the daily like running of the jobs and stuff. I have an amazing project manager, amazing office manager. And so they, they're pretty much handling all the, you know, we're running like six, seven jobs at a time. So they're handling all of that. But yeah, just focus on the, on the higher level stuff. And like, I want to, you know, doing remodelers advantage and, and being part of the, the, you know, those, those groups, I think is important for us, for our growth and just continue, continuing to stay like ahead of our competition, I guess. We don't, there's not a lot of design build companies in our area. So that helps. I mean, there are in, in in around Boston, but we're kind of in the North Shore, more near New Hampshire. So, so I think just like staying ahead of you know the latest trends and stuff is is key to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You mentioned kind of at the beginning that you, when you were working with your dad, you guys didn't really do marketing. I'm assuming that was a piece that you kind of plugged in when you started your own thing. But I guess what have you found like? has been successful on the marketing side and then kind of wrapped into that. Like what makes you guys unique in your corner of the market, you know, compared to your competition? Yeah. So when I first started out, my my wife was actually helped me with all my marketing. She helped me with my my brand. I got my logo done by one of her friends for, you know, free. 
pretty much. But just recently, the past year, we rebranded because before we were BLB custom building, now we're BLB design build, which more accurately reflects what we do. But that was a process. So I would say that 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 transition to be PLB design build and like redoing the logo and hiring, you know, we hired a, a company called Favor the Brave to redo all of our copywriting and all that, all that stuff. They redid our website, our job signs, our our trucks. So that was that was a huge process, like a really long process. I think it took us roughly like 10 months from start to finish. But that's already it's already paying dividends as far as you know, name rec- brand recognition and everything. And people go around, they see our signs, they're they're just more, you know, easily spotted and so I think that's been really huge and and taking us to the, the next level. As far as the other marketing stuff, I would say so the social media, right? Like the Instagram posts. So Shelby, our, our project manager, she has been handling the social media for the past year and a half since she came on. And that's been we've been getting more and more leads from Instagram, which used to never be the case. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much of a difference like having having thought through a brand and like all the different components, how much of a difference that makes. But it's also, you know, hearing that it took 10 months, I'm not super surprised because when you really dive into it, it's not just a new logo. It's like, what does our brand stand for? And maybe there's core values and then there's the copy and the link and like the tone and the messaging. So it's a beast. I'm sure you're glad to be through that. But I guess thinking about like the industry on the whole, as we move forward over the next few years, what do you think are like the one or two biggest challenges that we all need to be thinking about and and working on solving the biggest challenges are definitely finding skilled carpenters which i'm sure you've heard a lot on people you've spoken to it's a common but, thread <laughs> yeah and so i'm willing to train uh, you know to train people up I, I don't expect someone to come in you know knowing it all knowing how to run a job knowing how to build a job so i'm willing to train up it's more if they have the tools and the the motivation and like you know to actually perform. It's like one of my great, like most recent hires, he's probably been with us for a year and a half, two years. He came from HVAC and plumbing sector. And he was like, I don't want to do plumbing. I don't want to do HVAC. But he was technically set like sound. He'd worked for Harley Davidson. So he had like a customer service side to him. And he has been, he's just excelled. Like he just picks up things. So now he's like a lead carpenter. He's only been doing carpentry for you know a short amount of time, but he's just he's just that good, and he's good with clients. He's he's concerned about the budget. He's always looking at the numbers. So, I guess like you don't need to have twenty years of carpentry experience. You just need to have the you know the ability and the and the desire to want to learn to do it. So, yeah, I think that's huge. And and I mean, if we're gonna solve this problem, we're gonna have to find folks like that. That is just like, hey, do you want to get into this? Does this Either you have some similar skills that are tran- transferable or just they have the desire, right? Like you can teach it. So yeah, I love that. Any of those like a story, client story or project come back to you or should we should we skip it? Just more subcontractor stories than anything. We have great... So our the, the thing with the design build process, right, is it weeds out the clients that are going to be nightmares. So at the beginning of my career, like it was... Like I didn't have that process in place, so I would just take whatever job. But since we've implemented it, I would say we haven't really had any issues in the past five years. We've had one client who didn't want to pay because I don't know. I don't know if he because yeah, I, I didn't have a proper contract. But other than that, you know, we we don't really have issues with our our clients. So 
That's a great so thing. I can't give yeah. you more, more, uh, more, more uh, juicy stories, but <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, I don't want you to make something up if it hasn't happened. So it's all good. Well, Hey, wrap us up here in thinking about like people listening, there are other design build firms like yourself. What's one piece of advice that you'd want to pass along or just some final words of wisdom you want to leave everyone with? I guess the words of wisdom would just be just never stop learning. Keep reading up on, on things that you're, you know, you, that are unfamiliar to you and you know just expand your horizons on on what's out there because there's and also just asking people using other resources instead of trying to solve things on your own i think is a, a big asset of mine is like i just if i don't know something like i'm not just gonna you know keep it bottled up or try to like even i, I mean i'll research it myself but if i really can't find this the answer i'm just going to reach out to people and start asking questions because somebody out there has the answer right but you have to be willing to like engage with other people to get that information. So so love it. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. Great advice. Well, Benjamin, thanks so much for spending the time with me and uh, sharing your story with us. All right. Appreciate it, Spencer. Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.